Brian Kermelitic. Thanks for listening to Talking Architecture and Design, brought to you in association with the Architecture and Design Network. The A&D Network proudly presents the Sustainability Awards now in their 14th year. You can find more information at sustainablebuildingawards.com.au. Welcome to Talking Architecture and Design. My name is Brian Kermelitic, and today we have with us Marantini. Marantini is an enthusiastic and engaging team leader at John Wardle Architects. While her experience extends across all project stages, her recent focus has been on the translation of design intent from sketch to construction documentation and from shop drawing to built outcome. Merrin's engagement with this aspect of architecture has led to a deep and continuing exploration of construction systems and methodologies as a form of practice-led research. Merrin is also the treasurer and lead curator of New Architects Melbourne, a networking event for Young Practitioners Television 2011. Her interest in the community, urbanisation and landscape afford her great energy and inspiration, which nourish her genuine interest in the way architecture, people and places respond to each other. So welcome to Talking Architecture and Design, Marantini. Thank you. It's good to be here today. Okay. We're good to be here when we're both both in lockdown. Uh, <laughs> Yes, we are. Yes, we certainly are. Um, so, um, just a bit of a personal question. When did you decide to become an architect and why, for that matter? I, um, yeah, I quite like this question. Um, I wasn't one of those people that from a very young age knew what I wanted to do. I kind of did this really strange mix of subjects at school and but I was very interested in art and design and I was lucky enough to have a father that had a huge collection of art books. So I used to look through these and I could draw and paint really well and it wasn't really until I was in year 12 and I did a um, semester-long subject. My art teacher had a husband who was an architect and we got to design a house and I just thought everything about it was so exciting, doing the drawings and making the model and um, my father bought me a book on the Guggenheim in Bilbao and I was sold <laughs> from that moment on. Wow. I really wanted to become an architect. <laughs> okay. That's actually a lovely story. I've, I've got to say, um, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't usually you don't usually get a response like that. It's, it's, it's usually, well, oh, really? I wanted to be an engineer, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, so what is your main focus over at John Wardle Architects? Because it's, um, it's a fairly well-known and... and, and I won't say old, but, you know, well-established firm, isn't it? Yeah, it is. We actually have offices in um, Sydney and Melbourne now, so we're quite a large company. So I've been at JWA for about eight years now, and um, I've worked on all different types of projects, but I'm currently the project lead on a school project. It's a performing art, smaller music and drama spaces, so it's a fantastic project to be a part of. Um, at the my main the main work I do now is really in um, project kind of delivery. So I do lots of like construction administration, and I really like working on site. I find it really rewarding seeing the projects like kind of come together. I think um, I can form quite good relationships with the um, builders and um, subcontractors. So I, I find it quite fun. Um, the other thing I guess I wanted to mention here today was I'm also part of this small um, research team at JWA. We're called Blue Dot Research and we're a team that we, we're dedicated at looking at like sustainable practice. Um, we look at like 
projects um, that we have within the office and also do like research into materiality and design. And it really was formed off the back of the Architects Declare movement where we, you know, wanted to do more and we really wanted to kind of push that and accelerate, I guess, the path to net zero carbon emissions and try and um, inform people in our practice as well as ourselves and, you know, really push that change within the industry. So that's um, something that I do aside from my project work too that I'm quite proud of. So you're, you're continuing the art theme and yet you, <laughs> you're also going to, you, you've dived, uh, dare I say, headfirst into sustainability, which is really, really good. It, 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 it makes, makes you a perfect judge for our awards, actually. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, I'm really happy to be a part of the awards, actually. It's um, really inspiring to see like the different projects and the responses I guess to all the you know innovative materials and all kinds of things like that it's a great thing that you're doing because I think it's really important that we're looking at sustainable design yeah well it is it is actually um going back to you because you, you, you're, mm. you're more important now than sustainable. <laughs> well, you worked we'll get on to sustainable design in a moment actually but you yes. for a while in the UK and um, there is, I've noticed with reporting on, on UK projects, there's, there's like, um, I mean, it might be my perception, but there is a slightly different way, the way they approach the whole process of, of, of design and construction. But what can you tell me about the way architectural design are approached I mean, from your own personal experience over there and also in comparison to here in Australia? Yeah, another good question. Um, yeah, I worked in the UK for quite some time and it was quite a while ago. I, I was fairly, I feel like I was fairly young at the time, but I was really fortunate enough that I worked at Foster and Partners, which obviously is a huge international company. So it was a very different experience to anywhere that I'd ever worked before. Um, obviously, in a practice like that, you kind of have unlimited resources. I worked on a project that had an enormous budget, so we could really like... Um, look at exploring like all different kinds of like whatever we wanted in the design as well as like pushing the boundaries. So at that time, um, we also collaborated with the New York office. So we were essentially running like a 24-hour studio. I know that's quite common these days, but back then it was kind of very uncommon that you would do that. Um, yeah, so it, to me it was a very intense ex experience and um it was quite challenging, but I think um, in terms of architecture in the UK, you know, they have such a great history, like it's a much, much older um, country than Australia, so there's these amazingly beautiful buildings. Um, I think that uh, the climatic conditions over there play a big role in the difference in designing in the UK rather than in Australia as well, as well as that, like, kind of heritage context, you know, Things that they were doing in the UK 10, 20 years ago, we're only starting to see in Australia now, such as, you know, mass timber design. We're starting to see buildings pop up in Australia now. So I think in the UK, they're, they're very at the forefront of that. So again, um, when I was working and designing over there, I was fortunate to have these, the project with a big budget. It was very experimental. We got to look at all different types of materials as well as thinking about the people that would inhabit the projects and, you know, have these really imaginative ways to create a building. Um, 
So, um, again, uh, now my experience at JWM, I'm a bit older than I was then, but we do, we still have that really creative, um, collaborative approach to design. Each project um, at John Model Architects is really unique and it's beautifully thought out and designed. Um, We often collaborate with local artists artists, and um, we have a really strong sense of materiality in our design. So um, in the practice now, we're really fortunate that we do like all types of project projects, um, lots of different things. And each, each project responds to people and place and light material. And I really think um, our profession as architects, like we're really well placed to face like all of these challenges we're facing at the moment in, and also factors like climate change, like changes in approach to well-being, like technological changes, growing cities, I think we can have a real impact. So um, I think in both Australia and the UK, there's all of, all of those things really happening. You guys did a number of iconic buildings. Um, the, the new Atlassian headquarters is one of yours, isn't it? Um, uh, yes, but that's, um, we were part of the competition for that. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah, but we didn't. We actually weren't the winner of that competition. Oh. Yeah, so the winning oh, design. About <laughs> that project. Um. But our but our our project our project was amazing. Our design for that project was really amazing. It was a big what? mass mass timber structure. Um, we should have won. <laughs> no, I agree. You should have won. That's why it's stuck in my mind because of, of the mass timber. I know you guys have also done. Was mm. actually one of our one of my uh, older podcasts. You did the Bendigo Wall Course. Um, was it also? Yeah, that's a project that's under construction at the moment. It's not a um, mass timber design though. But one we've recently completed um, in Ballarat was the Ballarat Gov Hub, and that was like kind of one of the biggest um, projects at the time. It was started in 2017. I actually worked on that one too. And it was the kind of biggest office um, structure in Victoria at that time out of Mass Timber. Um, So it was a pretty incredible project project to work on. In terms of this year's entries, what are you actually hoping to see? Um, I think, um, as you said, it's my first time judging these awards, so I'm pretty excited. I'd like to um, hope to see some really innovative designs as well as, of course, like the response to the environmental and social aspects of design. Um, uh, Of course, I want them to be aesthetically pleasing to the eye, but that can be very subjective too, can't it? Um, so in terms of the, because we are focused on sustainability, I think, yeah, we've got to look at the high sustainability initiatives and then building performance. Um, another thing that I'm quite keen to see is to see if there's any like passive house or living building challenge projects entered, because I've seen in the past that's happened. And I think that's really a way that we should be thinking about design to just for ongoing operational costs of projects in the future and obviously the passive house and living building challenges responding to those kind of thermal and climatic conditions as well so 
yeah, I think there's like going to be a lot to look out for. You know, that's a very interesting point you made. You said you'd like them to be aesthetically pleasing, which is fine. Yeah. Do you think, um, do you think that perhaps in, in terms of overall, it's just, just a general question, do you think that perhaps we place too much emphasis on aesthetics over sustainability? Should we, should there be an inverse or does there need to be an inverse? I mean, does, does one have to be sacrificed for the other? Yeah, it shouldn't. I don't think one should be sacrificed um, for the other. And I think that you're right, though. I think sometimes we do. As architects, we can really place an emphasis on what something looks like from the outside and not how well it functions. Um, I'm actually really pleased um, a project that's just being completed by John Waddle is um, the Limestone House, which is a passive house design. It's a house that's designed in Turak in Melbourne and um, it's an amazing house. It's beautifully designed and it's aesthetically, it's so pleasing to the eye. The materials are absolutely stunning and I think that it's just been designed in such, an, uh, such a beautiful way and it does meet all of those criteria. So um, I think it can be done and I think it's something that we should be striving for. In, so in terms of overall awards programs in Australia, um, mm. I'm, I'm sure you've been to a few and seen, seen a few. Mm. What do you think, in your opinion, what do you think is done well and what do you think is done not so well in terms of, not doesn't have to be any particular award, but let's say mm. um, in terms of style, in terms of, of, of how they, how they uh, award things or how they present you know, the, the, uh, the awards? Yeah, I think um, it's a really interesting question because I think, you know, in the time that I've been a practising architect, or oh, things are changing so much. Like, And I believe that social media has, like, a huge impact into a, a lot of things these days, and particularly if you're looking at awards or competitions, you know, anything can be accessed now by a swipe or a click or, um, you know, it's, it's quite... It's and in a way that that can be very good because you can reach a much wider audience than if you if if you were just publishing in like a, an article or you had a flyer in the mailbox or something. I think it's like you can reach this huge audience in a very quick um, time frame. Um, yeah. So, but in a in a way that cannot be good as well because people can often just be flicking through things and not really paying attention and they don't take the time to appreciate um, appreciate uh, the good design or they might quickly look at an image and pass over it without like reading a bit more into it. Um, uh, I think that awards programs that are like open entry to anyone are also really fair and. That way you see like lots of young talent emerging. Um, you mentioned in my intro, I'm part of this New Architects Melbourne. And um, that's also something I'm very proud of because we really um, try and give pl a platform to new and upcoming architects that are like establishing themselves. So I think any award entry that's open that anyone can enter is absolutely great because you can see this new great young talent emerge that might not get that opportunity in another way, they might not be able to win the bigger projects because they don't have the exposure. Um, so I think, yeah, in that way, social media and publications are so great for ex exposure for architects and designers. Um, perhaps something that, um, in my opinion, 
and is not done so well, I guess the more money that's poured into it, the more like glitzy or glamorous it could get. And maybe sometimes that can overshadow um, the great design. You know, the design should just be able to stand on its own and shine on its own. It doesn't need like all of this glamorous um, like production around it. That's really, really interesting what you just said. So on that point, do you think that perhaps sustainability is misunderstood um, or misconstrued perhaps in, in, in terms of the wider design community? I, I think this question's very interesting too, actually. Um, I, I'm not sure misunderstood. I, I think maybe um, in Australia, some aspects, it's a bit slow to be adopted, I'd say. And I don't think that that's the fault of the people or I think it's really like the fault of our government and other departments who are not pushing any kind of sustainable objectives. Like if we compare Australia to like, say, European countries, I don't believe there's like those incentives and things for businesses, which there really should be. Um, and I do believe in Australia that the general public, I really feel that everyone has a really good awareness of kind of health and well-being now. Like everyone's very concerned about that. I believe that people do want sustainable design. I believe that people are thinking about, you know, how their ongoing costs, like the cost of living, health and well-being. Um, and even today, say I read an article in the conversation that Australians are three times more worried about the climate crisis than they are about COVID. So very interesting. Um, so yeah, I don't. I think that there there is in the in the community out there, everyone is really like it is quite. I think generally quite sustainably minded and wants wants more. But I think there's also some factors um, higher up in our government that. Uh, preventing like maybe um us reaching our potential that's yeah you you and I spoke before we went on air about about the, the slow vaccine rollout and there's kind of a mm. overlap theme there isn't there like we have x crisis we have a solution or something approaching a solution mm. and further on down the line it seems to kind of like those who have those who should be pushing the buttons and, and pulling the levers kind of uh are a bit, a bit slow at, at that. Do you think, you think there will yeah. come a time when perhaps that will change? I really hope so. Like, I mean, I think um, our government should be investing more in renewable energy and, you know, in things such as, like, sun and solar farms and green construction. Um, you really hope that, um, that this is going to happen. Um, you know, I, even things such as like electric transport, you see that that's just so common overseas and here we just don't have the infrastructure. There's no plan in place for that to happen anytime soon. Um, so I, I don't know if it's going to happen very quickly, but you hope that um, some change will, will come into effect and you hope it's going to start soon. You know, it needs to be affordable for people too and, um, and we need to have, the, as I said, the infrastructure in place too because it's all well and good for people to buy these cars, but if they can't charge them anywhere, 
then it, there's a, there's a whole other challenge, right? Um, so, and like I think one thing that I always say too is we have this such huge expanse of desert in our country. Like we could harness all of the sun, sun's energy and be doing something really great there instead of mining coal still, <laughs> um, you know, but I guess that's a bigger discussion. Now, now it's time to, to divulge all your secrets, Marin, about, you know, oh, yeah. we have to, have to tell people how the sausages are made, well, kind of. So how would you describe your judging style, obviously without giving away too much, um, in terms okay. of what is most yeah. so far as the entries for these awards, upcoming awards? Um, uh... It's my first time judging. Sometimes I can be a little bit nice and want everyone to have a prize. <laughs> So that that might be my downfall, but um, I hope <laughs> I hope that I can look for the things that I kind of mentioned earlier, like look for the innovative, like sustainable initiatives. Um, I've got a, I think I've got a um, good eye for designs. I should be able to um, be able to separate stick to my guns, and I won't fall to peer pressure if other judges don't agree with me. I'm quite, um, I'm quite yeah quite strong in that way that I will definitely have my own opinion um yeah so it's pretty I think it's um going to be pretty exciting and um yeah I'm pretty excited to be a part of it and to see all the the projects and make some of those decisions I would say um, you're going to fit in very well with a whole bunch of people who are very good at having their own opinion and don't like to be smart <laughs> uh, I'm good I've got, I've got to say so Everyone gets a gold star from Merrin. That's fantastic. But, you know, <laughs> but, you know to, be, to be a little bit more, um, I, I guess, specific, yeah. um, do you, in terms, in terms of the way you look at a project, yeah. um, is, it, is it data that would sway you or is it, or is it the fact the way the design has, or, or that try to design something that will lead eventually to perhaps a more sustainable site or a more sustainable building? What is actually, I mean, what is it that, that in your mind is, is most important? I guess as architects, we're always kind of addressing things like building technology and the program of the building. Um, I'd be looking for that to see how, um, how the building works. I actually quite like um, a really nice floor plan. Okay. So making sure that that's... Um, uh, that the programming and the layout looks really well. I think there's other things to consider. Like we're, we're typically, we're always looking at constantly evolving materials and construction methods. So it'd be good to see innovative. Um, um, I also think it's uh, good to look at um, how the building, again, how we said building performance and the energy consumption, how they use recycled materials. Um, I think all those types of things will, be in my mind when I'm looking at the projects. Okay, so entrance be warned. Floor, plan, floor plans are big with Marin Tim. <laughs> I was going to yeah. say, all right, well, that is actually really good to know. Um, but lastly, back to you. If you were given the opportunity, Marin, to, to yeah. design anything the world wanted, <laughs> it's this, you know, it's this, whatever you want to call it, bucket list whatever you want to call it, whatever it's called, mm -hmm. um, what would it be and why? I have a bit of a, like a soppy answer for you too. <laughs> it's not like the next Guggenheim, but I'd, I'd really love to um, 
design a, a house for my parents on their farm. Okay. It's been something that um, my my dad has talked to me about ever since I started architecture school. And I'm, I mentioned my father has a huge, enormous house on this hillside on his farm. So I'm actually from a really tiny country town in the middle of nowhere. My parents have the most amazing property with the most beautiful landscapes in all directions. So there's a site that we know of already that he wants this house on. And I think he always sends me ideas and sketches as well. And unfortunately, I just haven't had the time to do that for him. I think it would be an amazing project um, to do because it would be like a, a house with an artist studio highly sustainable to the climate conditions are quite challenging where they're from so it's um up in like the hinterland in New South Wales okay. um so it can get very very hot in summer um yeah so I think for me that I, I like to um design that <laughs> not a soppy answer at all in fact it was a beautiful <laughs> answer Mary. I've, got to, I've got to say that uh don't don't hesitate start now I know <laughs> I know I'm quite busy in my um daily work though that uh, uh, one day Marantini mm. from John Wall Architects thank you very much mm. John, that was that was a wonderful interview thank you very much the sound well, the sound has been a bit of a bit challenged today but um thank you for spending spending some time with us today oh thanks so much for having me I've actually really enjoyed our talk this afternoon and me too and I've got to say that uh we're looking forward to having you on the panel at, at the awards which uh, the judging will start in a couple of weeks. So looking forward to talking to you again. Thank you so much. You've been talking to Architecture and Design. Until next time, goodbye. I'm Brent Kermelitic and thanks for listening to Talking Architecture and Design, brought to you in association with the Architecture and Design Network. You can catch up with news, projects, interviews, and much more at architectureanddesign.com.au, where you can also subscribe to our newsletters and magazine.